0: Blessings and welcome to Living 412. This is Pastor Larry Inclan, along with my wife, Sarita Inclan.
1: Hi, God bless.
0: All right. I have to say we did have an amazing, glorious weekend. Uh, We had our wonderful uh, Christmas service. um, Slash
1: celebration. (laughs) Slash
0: celebration, sock exchange. um, It was just a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after that, At uh, 4 p.m., we had a dinner with uh, our group that we've been slowly uh, putting together with the Lord's guidance. And um, it's a worship group from different uh, congregations. And we just get together. We worship. We've done it a few times. But uh, we had a dinner for them. And then after that, we had uh, a worship session for about two hours. I can't believe we went live for about two hours. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, but we just had a, a lot of fun. A lot of, uh, joy in the Lord, and just uh, man, just watch, watching you guys just leaves me in awe. Sometimes with the beautiful anointed voices and uh, the musicians that, you know, just the gifts that God has blessed you guys with is mm-hmm. just amazing. It's and such um, an,
1: it's such a, um, it's such an amazing, like honor, to be able to to share, worship with other brothers and sisters in christ that just love to worship god too and just with just with everybody everybody who connects with us on facebook and those that come in person with us it's just really beautiful to be able to just humble ourselves before the holy spirit and just just give all that we have through the worship and it's just that's what it is really it's nothing no one's trying to be perfect no one's trying to be professional no one's trying to be great amazing awesome blah 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 like you know have some fun in the lord i don't mean to sound so um so uh basic about it but it's just that's the realness of it it's just so raw and and yeah yeah (laughs) it's so raw and so uh, carefree and yeah, I, I d- think that that's that freedom of worship
0: yes, you know that exactly. where it doesn't I- there's no stage where you're no. standing as your pulpit yeah um <laughs> where it doesn't matter what congregation you are part of you are just part of the family here mm-hmm. and um I think that's the beautiful thing and uh, and yeah, I pray like
1: no title no label yeah. just free and I, just I love pray that, that everybody yeah. keeps
0: just letting loose and enjoying and
1: mm-hmm. just
0: sing for the lord you you God bless you with a beautiful voice just come have some fun and bless others but yes. Yeah, that was that was really really good. Mm-hmm. So, without taking too much more of of your time, I want to enjoy the n- the next few minutes that we have with you to share with uh with everyone listening whether it's through the airwaves on on the radio or if it's through our podcast Living for 12 that um there was a few scriptures that we read. We just uh once again did a uh chapter off of the book of Luke with sister Carrie Holmes from Pennsylvania and it was it was an awesome time sharing with her and uh, exchanging thoughts ideas and what the Lord um, basically has given each one but we spoke about the parable of the talents I'm sorry not the talents the tenants yeah right of the tenants which is a parable that's often at least for me I feel that it's often overlooked Mm -hmm. it's not something that you hear preachers you know Speaking of as often as you hear about um, the parable of. um, Well, I won't even get into it, but you just don't hear it so much. Mm -hmm. And um, I just love the way that Jesus. Paints this picture of. The tenants. And you could find it in the book of Luke, chapter 20. And we'll look at verse nine. And once again, you know, this is. Again, these religious folks, the teachers of the law, they're still trying to find ways to to trap Jesus and entrap him and have him just be found guilty of something. They don't know what it is, but they keep trying everything. They, they're talking about his healing on the Sabbath, about um, him flipping tables. Uh, <laughs> in the in the temple courts i mean it's just one thing after another and they keep they keep at it so we see in in chapter 19 that is where he flips tables because they're misusing the 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 house of the lord the house of god and um in the beginning of 20 they're asking him by what what authority you do this right so they're challenging him and as they go challenging him he is replying to them with a question by saying, um, asking him about John's baptism, is it of man, of human origin, or is it from heaven? So they're trying to entrap him. And he flips it on them, and they know that they can't say either one because then they're going to entrap themselves. Because if they say that it's from heaven, then they're going to say, "Okay, then why are you questioning me?" If uh if they say it's human, then you know it's just going to be a problem, People right? Are gonna they're going to, st- yeah. They're gonna stone him because they're gonna say that o- they're already believing in John, right? Mm-hmm. So, so they know now he flipped it on them and they're trapped. But now this is the fun part where he gets into the parable. Which is of really the tenants. sad
1: because they end up they end up saying, "We don't know." Yeah, <laughs> and no, like they,
0: because they have no choice.
1: Because they have no choice, exactly. Because in uh, their hearts they exactly. knew, exactly. In their hearts
0: they knew, but they exactly. couldn't, right? So they
1: didn't. They chose, and I think that's sh- that's just such an important point. So that's why I'm making sure to point it out. Mm-hmm. They chose not to go with the truth.
0: Yeah. Well, very good. All right. So right. Uh, yeah. So he says, well, you know what? Then I'm not going to tell you by what what, what authority either. Right. <laughs> so you don't want to tell me. I'm not telling you either. Bam. Mm-hmm. How about that? <laughs> so he goes on to this part. This is where we want to get into the parable of the tenants. Mm-hmm. So there's a description here that um, I do have to point out. He's saying that there is a man that planted a vineyard. Rented it to some farmers and went away for a long time. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the tenants so they could give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. In other words, you know, that is a form of payment. You know. There wasn't so much money exchanged. He wanted something right. Mm -hmm. So. But the tenants, what they did is they beat him and they sent him away empty handed kind of wrong like hey this is my vineyard we're only renting renting here you know Uh (laughs) All right. so then he sent another servant but that one also they beat treated him shamefully and they sent him away empty handed once again then a third time he sent a third servant they wounded him threw him out it's kind of frustrating like okay what's going on here that's three times in a row you're doing this So then the owner of the vineyard said, what shall I do? I know I'm going to send my son because this is the heir. This is my son. I know they're not going to disrespect my son. You know, come on. Let me send him. I'm going to go send him. And then, you know, they know I love him. They're going to treat him with respect. This is my son. Let me do that. So he sends him. But the tenants saw him. They talk the matter over, like they're huddled in a corner saying, okay, what are we going to do? This is the son.
1: And one of them says, aha, I got it. Wait a minute. You
0: know what? This is the heir. (laughs) So how about let's kill him? And the inheritance is going to be ours because if we take out the son, that's it. There's no way. There's no one else to give it to. Mm -hmm. So it'll be ours. So they threw him out of the vineyard and they killed him. Then we hear or read in uh, verse 15, halfway through, that it says, What then will the owner do of the vineyard to them? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. This is Jesus telling them.
1: Yeah.
0: This is exactly what Jesus told them. What then will the owner of the vineyard do? He's That's gonna, a threat. He's going to kill him. He's it's gonna, like, Oh, hold up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's even telling him he will come and kill those
1: tenants and give the vineyard to others. It's like you killed my son. I'm coming at you. I'm coming right? after you.
0: So mm-hmm. when the people heard this, they said, God forbid, just Jesus looked at them directly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now he's not talking to the religious folks anymore. He's talking to the people.
1: Everybody. He's looking right? at Everybody.
0: Yeah. He said to them, then what is the meaning of that which was written? so now he's quoting scripture Mm
1: -hmm.
0: the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone in other words everything lines up with this everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces and anyone whom it falls will be crushed the teachers of the law and the chief priests looked for a way to arrest him immediately because they knew he had spoken this parable against them he they took it as a threat But they were afraid of the people. So in reading this. I was amazed by the boldness of which Jesus spoke. I love the comparison of the parable. On how he painted this picture. Because remember, he's he's quoting scripture, but he's painting a picture and Now I give you what everything signifies, right? So the landowner, the one that keeps sending the servants, represents God. Like, I keep sending you people. Yeah. Right?
1: Keep sending you prophets. That's right. Mm -hmm. The
0: vineyard is his kingdom. Mm -hmm. The tenants is specifically all these religious folks and the leaders who rejected the servants. Then you have the servants which is God's prophets, the faithful believers, you know, everyone that God keeps sending us to try to help us understand what it is that we're doing and not doing. And then, of course, at the end, he sends his beloved son, his heir, his, it says, the one he loves. Yeah. And um, that, of course, we know is Jesus Christ.
1: And I would even go as far as to say that the kingdom um, is not just the kingdom like heaven in our heaven you know no this is, he's talking but about i earth. would i would talk about kingdom as in like the every single thing that he creates yeah man earth everything heaven every single thing angels everything every single thing that he has created you know that i would go as far as to say that yeah
0: to. and it's um mm-hmm. it's it's beautiful the way he painted that like i just
1: yes i'm mm-hmm. trying to think
0: <laughs> of how at that moment, Jesus came with this parable, like how he painted such a beautiful picture of the vineyard, the landowner, the servants, and how he put it all you together.
1: Ready? And this is where, this is what I got, because I was listening to you and Carrie speak, and this is one of the things that Carrie had mentioned, and I and I got this from you guys, that she had mentioned that the, well, both of you actually, both said it. You talked about how we go to the word. We pray, like, all those things, and we, you know, we listen to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit reminds us of what Jesus said. So you guys kind of mentioned all those things, right? Essentially, that's what he did. This is what Jesus did. Jesus relied on the Holy Spirit. He relied on the Word of God. He relied on speaking to his Father, making sure he got the Word, uh, the, you know, this, the the truth from his Father and his instructions from his Father. So it's like in when we are obedient and we are, we submit to the holy spirit when we just simply focus on him and make sure that we take out the time to spend with god and to fill us up with the holy spirit like you know all the things that the holy spirit has for us then we are able to be sensitive in those kinds of moments when when we need it the most when when someone comes to us with a question and we need to have an answer for them if we're constantly you know, humbled and consecrated to the Lord, we are able to respond to these kinds of scenarios. And it's going to be just that because you gotta remember Jesus didn't always answer people right like he he wouldn't just answer them right away based on what he thought. He always was he says it himself. He says, I am about my father's business. And the son does not speak anything outside of his yeah yeah, you know you understand so he he knew his place on earth as the son of God and knew that he could not just answer just because he just wanted to answer he knew it had to be according to the father and so if we always remember that whatever whatever setting we're in we have to remember that it's going to be the holy spirit that we have to rely on in every single setting. We cannot respond to people just because we think out of out of opinion. We cannot respond to people out of our own thoughts and if you're going to respond out of your own opinion, just make sure you let them know. This is my personal opinion. Yep. This is not factual. This is not what the bible says. Because you got to be real careful with that. Because this is what we're, you know, we're Trying to do, we're trying to save people, but we're trying to do it in in our Father, according to the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. So I just wanted to kind of like give you that little <laughs> that little nugget.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, and um, uh, it's it is true that you say that he he does quote Scripture and he very vividly points it out to them time and time again. He even goes as far as to say, you know, have you not read often? Or he'll say, didn't you read in Matthew twenty one? He did. D- this particular story gets, uh, a different, very similar, almost I- identical, but it, he does specifically say, you know, haven't you read in the scriptures, right? But
1: think about it, guys. If, if, if Jesus didn't need to do any of that stuff, if it was just him, 100% God, and, and, and he was already fully equipped and didn't need any of that stuff, then he would have never had to get baptized. He would have never, uh, not that he, you know, it's just he did all of it so that we have an example of what to do. Yeah. He was on purpose getting baptized and the and, and 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 the Bible would not have made such a big emphasis on the Holy Spirit descending on him at that moment.
0: No, it was everything purposeful, yes. everything uh fulfilling scripture, everything yes. that was foretold, everything that 100%. God the Father had already established. You know, and with this one he is he's referencing uh the book of Isaiah, chapter five, which is what I spoke about with uh yes. sister Carrie that in this particular chapter, chapter five, we see uh the book of Isaiah saying, Let me sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it out, cleared it of its stones, and planted it with choice vines. So he's using scripture um to speak to the religious folk and just tell them listen um let me tell you about this vineyard yeah you know which they're supposed to know about they're supposed to get the analogy they're supposed to understand what it is he's trying to do and in fact they do get it and they took it as a threat because Correct. they're saying okay wait what are you saying that you're you're threatening us because these servants were killed and now the son is being killed as well. What are you trying to say? Exactly. You know, so, so they
1: they understood it. Oh, they, they understood well.
0: They understood well, <laughs> but they knew there really was nothing they can do.
1: Exactly.
0: But they wanted to use that as a way to get Jesus. Yes. Like ah, uh, do we have something here? But they stayed quiet. Yes. And um, it's it's amazing to me how. Um they use this or he uses this this parable uh, based on the scripture and he's basically uprooting their belief system you know and mm-hmm. i think that's the right word i have to use uproot their belief system because just they have it all wrong
1: just how they've been doing things all, the all Yeah, wrong. they yes. have
0: it all wrong instead you know they're supposed to be responsible for the upkeep for the chair i mean for the care for. For the compassion. For the love for the people. And they're doing the total opposite. They're using the laws to hurt people. They're using for their own benefit. They're being fake. They're not being um, lovers of God. They're they're being lovers of these laws. And they're applying it in a way that's hurtful to people. Instead of loving people. And
1: it's kind of like how I explained this to you and Carrie. How I said it's. It's as if it's what they did was they took the laws and, and they took their, their the way that they were carrying out the Word of God. And they took it as in a way of, of being able to look at everybody else and and sort of say, okay, this i have to follow the word of god and when i follow the word of god i'm going to look around and see if anybody else is doing it and i'm going to comp- it's like it, it's like a comparison of the world i'm going to compare myself to the world cuz i'm living in the world and i'm supposed to live according to the word of god so if i'm supposed to live o- according to the word of god then i'm going to look out into the world to see to make sure it's like i'm going to look out into the world to make sure that i am not doing the things that they're doing I'm not living the way that they're living, because as long as I'm doing that, as long as I'm following the word and, and comparing it to the world and saying, okay, good, I'm doing right, I'm doing good, then I'm good with God, then I'm doing it right, and then what happens when you do that is you not only are comparing yourself to the, wor- to the world, world and making sure that you look better than it because mm. that's essentially what you're doing you're trying to make make yourself look better than the world w- you're not only doing that but you're also passing judgment on people Yeah. and you're gonna separate yourself from them as well because you're gonna feel as though um, a- if i look if if i get too close to you then i'm gonna look more like you and i'm trying to look opposite to you and that uh, that essentially creates a separation and so this is what they were doing and then Jesus comes and he's like, guys, I've been sending you the truth. God is, um, our Father Mm -hmm. in heaven has been sending you the truth. He's been sending you these laws, not so that you can compare yourself to the world, but rather so you can look like me. That's all you need to do. You need to be focused and worried about looking like me and, and using my heart and using my way of thinking, not so that you can judge or not so that you can Make sure that you don't look like the world, but rather so you could just l- focus on looking like me. Because when you focus on looking like me, you're going to be able to love like me. And when you love like me, people are going to be drawn to you. They're not going to be, you're not going to be pushing people away. You're not going to be passing judgment on people because you're just, go- they're going to be so drawn to you that they're going to come c- close to me. And that's the idea. And I know that you spoke about that.
0: Yeah. Uh, b- Par- about
1: getting closer
0: in parentheses though I have to say that does sound like a book <laughs> love like me
1: <laughs> exactly And using all
0: the examples let me stop let me stop but okay
1: true though because that's exactly what these th- what these you know people did back then I, I exactly and what the the the, the, the preach the teachers and, and and the leaders and and just it was it was so sad how they just basically were were in other words saying, we're gonna follow these laws. We're gonna follow what God has written in mm-hmm. His book, and 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 as you go reading more and more and understanding and seeing what happens, it's like they just they basically were doing that. It's like a comparison against the world,
0: and they were turning away uh, the people instead of loving on them. And they were missing. What's it. amazing yes. is that through this parable, Jesus is explaining and showing them God's grace.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. He, I sent
0: you three servants. Yes. You beat up my servants. You mis- mistreated them. So I sent you one. You disgraced them. But I still sent you another. You mis- mistreated and disgraced that one. And I sent you another. To the point that he said, okay, everyone that I've sent you, you've mistreated. Let me send you my son. And did they learn? No. And that is where the Lord is telling them, listen. Listen. Um, I've basically done all I could. Mm -hmm. I have now sent you my son. And it clearly says in (laughs) this specific chapter that he looked at them directly. And he asked them, what is the meaning of this? Like, do you understand what I'm saying? You know, Mm -hmm. what is it? And it continues by saying that the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces. And anyone who falls on it will be crushed. Commitly Again.
1: Falls on, yeah.
0: Again, he's quoting scriptures. And the teachers of the law and the chief priest looked for a way to arrest him immediately. Because they knew he had spoken of this particular parable against them. And th- but they were afraid of the people. They were afraid of the backlash. He knew that by sharing this parable, the people would understand and have that special moment like, oh, man. And there was nothing that these chief priests or you know, leaders of the law could do. They couldn't do anything about it.
1: And these are foolish so people. These are people that are looking at this, and they're like, oh, snap. He, he got him with them with Scripture. They've r- they, they been getting it wrong this whole time.
0: Yeah, and he used Scripture to tell them they were wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's the fulfillment of Psalms 118, which, you know, Sister Carrie and I were looking at. Yeah. Where they rejected the Son, the chief cornerstone, the one um, in whom we basically build our life on, you know, and— uh by looking through the prophecies of isaiah and and reading those and comparing them to these scriptures they understand because they were studious they knew they knew that jesus was claiming to be the son of god they already knew and they're saying you're rejecting me you're i am the heir of the vineyard i am the chief cornerstone i am the one which Everything will fall on top of everything will be built on. I am the one all the way going back to um, the beginning where who should I say sent me? Mm -hmm.
1: You
0: know, Moses, right? Yeah. Who should I say? I am. Yeah. So now he's saying I am the cornerstone.
1: I am the one that you've been reading about. I'm the one that the prophets were speaking about. And uh-huh. the one you've been believing will come, and I'm standing right in front of you. Here's the truth right in front of you. And you still do not see it. And why? Because you haven't been following the word, the law. You haven't been looking at it. You haven't been reading it the way that you're supposed to. You've been reading it, looking at the word of God. You've been reading it and looking, like I said, you're looking around you as opposed to what it says in the word of god and i always quote it fix your eyes on things above you're you're looking at it through the wrong lens and when you look at it through the wrong lens you're gonna get it wrong and unfortunately this is the case for them they got it wrong and when 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 here's god he's trying to make things right he's trying to help you understand and he's giving you all these parables And he's he's quoting scripture to you not not because he wants you to stay lost or try to make you feel any less of a person but he's trying to get you to wake up like the prodigal son hello come to and and still it was so hard for them to get it still at the end of the uh, verse in verse 19 you see that there's they 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 still decided. We gotta we gotta do something about this. We gotta find a way to arrest him. So it's like still even after he said all that. Yeah,
0: and and the crazy <laughs> and it's part a shame,
1: that's what happens to us as Christians.
0: Yeah, and the crazy crazy part is by him saying I am the cornerstone, everything is built off of me. I, I am the foundation, and then if you go back to the Book of John, chapter one, verse one, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and He's saying, it's been me all along.
1: Yes, exactly. Since the
0: beginning. Yes. And you still reject. Yes. And you still um, just not get it. And he's referencing Psalms 118, you know, where it says the stone builders rejected. Uh, the stone the builders rejected has come, has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. So going back to the vineyard combining it with the cornerstone, the vineyard is the field, the vineyard is the world, the vineyard is our hearts, the vineyard is uh, the kingdom. The vineyard is what we're supposed to be working. We're supposed to be working in our hearts. We're supposed to be working in this world uh, to try to do God's work and tend to it. We are the servants now that have been out here trying to uh, continuously spread this gospel message, the The heart of God, the the Amazing, wonderful stories that we have read and now it's our turn to bring them forward and help people, save people, not become these religious folks like the ones that he's up against right now. We oftentimes tend to become those religious folks and we single out people and we don't love on them. We don't care for them. We don't give them the, the sight of Jesus that they need to get. You know, that joy, that peace, that love, unconditional, regardless of their situation. And the Lord's just reminding us today, there's a a vineyard that we need to tend to, that we need to work, that we need to continuously be uh, digging up the stones out of. You know, we need to care for it, prune it, nurture it, water it. And uh, it's our job, it's our duty.
1: Listen, these are chief priests, teachers of the law, elders, they all... We're studious of the word of God. But what Jesus is asking us today is to be studious of the word of God. Not to try and, uh, you know, not look like the world, but rather look like him. He's asking us, study my word and get closer to me so that you can you can be like me. So you can be more like me so that when you tend this vineyard, you're not tending it with just the mindset of. Let me remove what doesn't belong. Like in other words, let me take mm. out all the people in this world that uh, that don't look like me. No, let me get, let me reach the ones and 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 let me the ones that are covered with thorns and the ones that are covered with rocks and the ones that are covered with n- things that don't look like Jesus. Let me tend to them so that they can, yes. so that they can draw near Jesus and be more like.
0: Amen. Amen. And with that, we will close, leave you with one last verse in Psalms 118. After you read the cornerstone, it says that uh, verse 26, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord from the house of the Lord. We bless you. So we hope that you are blessed today. We hope that this has been encouraging. Go out there, work that field, work the vineyard and bless people. That's what we are supposed to do. Be a blessing for others. God bless you all.